eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson here, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? Not much. Uh, in a hotel again for work. It's it's great. I, I, no, I don't have the travel. But <laughs> um, I, I am in the Little League World Series capital, Williamsport. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Nothing exciting here. Nothing, nothing very exciting. But they've got like little art pieces and stuff of you know like kids playing baseball. <laughs> I'm sure if I drive and figure it out, I could find the field. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Uh, well, well. speaking of, um, well, I wouldn't even say this is exciting news. I think this is surprising news. We'll go ahead and get to it because one of the main focuses is the offensive line talk, the offensive line talk. And I think we were in an agreement that the team would probably keep Lyle Collins as more of a depth piece, you know, to be determined on what the, the offensive line looks like when they would be able to bring Lyle Collins back. But there was an announcement this afternoon. The Bengals made it official. They actually have released Lyle Collins. It could be multiple things. Things. Um, you know, Zach Taylor will actually talk to the media on Wednesday, and I'm sure he'll be asked about it, and maybe he'll share a little bit of more information. But as of now, um, looks like they're going to roll with who they have in their offensive line room. Were you a little surprised with that news? Yeah, because this team to me is what should be a buyer and going kind of pushing the chips in rather than being a team that's willing to sell their depth away or, in this case, cut it. Um, I do think it's interesting. I don't think this is going to you know, screw them for sure or anything like that. They have dealt with a lot of offensive line injuries. Could be a statement of how they feel about the depth guys behind him. Deontay Smith, Jackson Carmen, whoever else. Um, it could also just be Collins wanted to go start somewhere, and they honored that request, so they let him go. Or it could be that they have some exciting news coming soon because this does free five, seven million dollars of cap $7 space. Million. Seven million dollars of cap space. You know, it's there's quite a few 
reasons. This could work uh, fourth reason, not what we're hoping for, but it could just be his recovery isn't going well. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, well, you know, like, well, whatever reason, you know, but we're going to think it's one of the other three where, you know, his recovery is going fine. Cause I'm rooting for him as a player mm -hmm. to still go out there and be able to play on Sundays. Um, but yeah, interesting news. I don't think it's terrible news for the Bengals. I, Jonah was always going to be the right tackle. I think a lot of people came up with different scenarios for Collins stepping in. And I also think people think Collins played better than he did last year. And I want Collins to play well. I was, I thought he was a top five right tackle in Dallas, but he wasn't that for the Bengals. And it's looked like it was mostly injury related. So does that get better he's doing a ton of rehab he's not you know really resting um but yeah surprising move but the reason will be interesting to monitor if we ever even find out why they did it yeah i want to say his agent is peter schaefer joe mixon's agent so you never know what could be leaked on the agent side but um as of now i we just don't know i know the reaction right away is Oh no, we don't like Jonah as a right tackle. What are you doing? Lyle was going to come back and take his spot. And, you know, I agree with you. I think they, they have faith in Jonah Williams and, you know, it, it is a little scary when you think of the depth, but if you look around the league right now, when it comes to offensive line play, not a lot of depth on teams uh, when it comes to the offensive line room. And, and we just don't know. And I agree with you. I'm reading, I'm rooting for Lyle as a player. Uh, you know, maybe this was something that you get the week one games and his agent and he talks to his agent and they're like, you know what? There's some teams that could use my help and I'm feeling good and I don't see myself and I could see the Bengals front office and Frank Pollock and all of the uh, coaches being completely honest with them. Like, here's here's your role on the team. And he's like, hey, look, I, I kind of feel like I could be a starter on another team. Um, we just don't know. It could be absolutely anything. And, and as you mentioned, the last thing was, was the health. Um, we, we don't know how, you know, how he's feeling, um, you know, is he a hundred percent? Is he close to a hundred percent? Obviously they weren't, uh, they wouldn't be able to activate him anyways until after the week four game. But, um, but yeah, you know, wish, wish him all the best. It's, um, it's kind of crazy because the, if you remember when the Bengals did sign him in free agency, it was a huge thing in Cincinnati. It was at the Kemba oh, yeah. Mall. Fans were trying to get him here. It was absolutely crazy. And it's really unfortunate because he really never lived up to what he was with the Dallas Cowboys. It just kind of it never worked out for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's really unfortunate because that was going to be a huge signing for them. Uh, but right now they're hoping Jonah Williams works out for this, at least this last year on his contract. And then Orlando Brown on, on the left side. So, so yeah, that's all I really have for Lyle Collins. Any other thoughts? No, just unfortunate. You know, I think we didn't talk enough about the back surgery in between his mm -hmm. year in Dallas and his first and his only year in Cincinnati. And I think that had a profound effect on him as a player. You hope he gets better. Uh, back, back injuries, back surgeries, everything involving the back, scary for big guys that are going to use that back really often. And it sucked to see him at least lose one year of high-level play because of it. I, I think he was serviceable, but if, straight up, I, I thought Jonah was better at left tackle than he was at right tackle. I know a lot of people don't think that, but I, I did, and I, a lot of people are already getting on Jonah this week for uh, giving up a sack to Miles Garrett, which it's Miles Garrett. <laughs> 
it's it's kind of interesting to see how people react. And I, I assume we're just going to kind of roll right yeah. into the offensive line here. It's kind of interesting to see how people react to Orlando Brown, who I thought was the best offensive lineman in the game. That's mm-hmm. not saying a ton, but I thought he was, you know, a solid starter considering the opponent. But Orlando Brown give up pressures to Miles Garrett. And he's kind of like, oh, that's Miles Garrett, dude. He does that to everybody. And then you see Jonah on the other side give up one. And it's like, I hate that guy. You know, like he can never block Miles Garrett. It's just the very there's there's a great meme about this. I don't know. I might post it, but uh, it's just like, uh, you know, like conventionally attractive guy. Hi, I'm Orlando Brown. I gave up a couple pressures to Miles Garrett. And it's like, oh, that's okay. And then, you know, like, um, unattractive guy comes back. It's like, hi, I'm Jonah Williams. I gave a couple pressures to Miles Garrett. Like, Hello, human resources. No, no, I agree with you. Um, I actually talked to Duke Mayweather, the full interviews overall on um, Cincinnati Bengals talk. And I asked about Miles Garrett. I said, how do you defend Miles Garrett when you're an offensive lineman? He said pretty much only the top two tackles in the league would even stand a chance against him. So I think people have to remember that. The thing is, it's under a microscope. For one, it's Jonah Williams. And two, the Cincinnati Bengals have to see the Cleveland Browns twice a year. And unfortunately, right now, it feels like Cleveland has their number. So you're going to look at that a little different when it comes to this offensive line. But yeah, it's Miles Garrett. You mentioned it on our podcast last week that you feel like he could be the defensive player of the year. And right now, it's really looking like he has a, a big, big, big lead um, in, in a tier one for Miles Garrett. Uh, but yeah, I just, the Jonah Williams and, and Orlando Brown, I think we have to remember when it comes to that first week in Cleveland. I'm not making excuses for him, but like, let, let's give him a shot. Let's give him a chance here. And Joe Burrow was completely off. I mean, we'll get more into what his tape looked like and his game in just a moment, but just relax with the offensive lineman. And it was something that we had a conversation with, again, kind of going back to our interview last year with Duke, and he mentioned it again. There's not a, several new pieces, but you're moving Jonah to right tackle. You have a brand new Orlando Brown, Cordell Wilson in year two, Alex Kapp is back out there, and Ted Karras. Again, it's going to take some reps. They didn't get the preseason reps. That is over. There's nothing they can do about it now. They are moving on to regular season in week two. And you just have to remember, it's going to take a few games. Unfortunately, you hate that, but that's just kind of what you're dealing right now with, with this offensive line. Yeah, just like last year a little bit. But um, I also wouldn't – I'm not basing my opinion on the offensive line based off what happened against what looked like maybe the best defensive line in football. Like, I, I it was great. It was a really good unit. You've got Miles Garrett, who is my pick for defensive player of the year because mm-hmm. I think Schwartz – and company are going to kind of let him pin his ears back and really go after guys. And that's what they did. And they were using him in interesting ways. And man, like the third or fourth play of the game where he's doing that crossover thing right in front of I need that Ted. to go away. Man, if I'm Ted Karras there in that situation, I'm holding, you know, <laughs> I'm not letting him beat me. You know, like, let it be like, Oh, he drew a holding penalty or, you know, like maybe I'll just cut block him or something, but there's no way, there's no way I can lose on this one. You know, like, I've got to cheat. I've got to cheat. I've been outmatched before. I remember I was outmatched in a in a high school game once. This guy was like 300 pounds. I was a 180-pound left guard, and he could move really well. That was my thing was I could move better than a lot of these big guys, so that's how it worked. This guy could move better than me, and he was bigger than me. He was stronger than me. Now I just start cut blocking him every play. <laughs> it's like every play is like, what'd you do? Well, I just had a chance at actually blocking him, so I just took him out from the waist down. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be really happy when that video goes away. Uh, it's everywhere right now, and uh, but it yeah, kind of reminds me of Jin. Miles Garrett's gonna win Defensive Player of the Year, and that's gonna be that's gonna be what plays up to his Defensive Player of the Year announcement. One hundred percent. But it reminds me of um, on uh, defense. Denzel Ward was grabbing Jamar because he's like, "That's a touchdown. I gotta get a. I I can't let him go. There's gonna be pass interference because it's six. I know it. So sometimes it's smart to just draw the penalty. And yeah, for Ted Harris, man. Man, I hated to see that for him. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I just, I feel like it's so easy to point to the offensive line. It's such a, it, it, and it's fair. I, I know what the past two years have looked like. And honestly, I was more of a fan of it last year, not counting this year, but just more of a fan than other people were of the offensive line last year. I felt like it was, um, it was okay. It was good enough. And um, look, I want them to be better. You have to pr protect your franchise. That's the most important thing when it comes to Joe Burrow. I do want him to have time because I think when they all get it together and Joe gets more reps out there, it's going to be huge for him. And I, and I look forward to that. But um, overall, I think that's enough on the offensive line for now. Oh, I, I two quick one things more? was Go ahead. one, the Browns were at Yep, yep. The Browns were averaging their first pressure of any pass play in under two seconds. And that's just, you know, you, you got to have a better performance than that. Um, that wouldn't classify as a good offensive line performance. But no. like I said, I think it's a week one game. It's against a team that always gets up for this game. It's against maybe the best defensive line in football. It's against, uh, you know, a guy that lets his guys really pin his ears back. And I don't know if the Bengals did enough to try to limit that. Um, so, and they fell behind and you fall behind in a game like this and you couldn't move the ball early downs. It just really fed into a situation where the Browns pass rushers got to go be awesome pass rushers, but yeah, under two seconds is almost unheard of for first time average, your average first time with pressure. It, there were plays Burrow hits the back foot of his drop and he's getting that ball out because there's a guy coming at him or he doesn't even finish his drop on a couple of them. He's scrambling. Um, Got to have a better performance than that. And I was hoping with a revamped offensive line, there wouldn't be too many of these type of games, but you know, it is what it is. And you move on. It, nobody's, we, I think Burroughs talked a lot about it, like we're not defined by week one. Nobody is like the offensive line isn't defined by week one. These wide receivers aren't. No, nobody's defined by this week one game. Even if it was a disappointing performance, I expect them to at least somewhat bounce back in their upcoming game. But we'll talk a lot more about that on Thursday. Yeah, 100 percent. And and I agree with you, um, you know, give it a couple games and it's fair to, to look at them and say, hey, I don't think you're prepared as an offense. I mean, defensively, I feel like they did their part. You can't have them on the field that long. Um, it was just it was poor by the Cincinnati Bengals all around, honestly, on the offense and special team side. I tried to give defense a little bit of a break, though, because they gave the Cincinnati Bengals plenty of chances to win the game. Uh, kind of want to get on to Joe Burrow's performance and then obviously we'll, we'll extend on this conversation. Uh, you know, a lot was happening. I'm not you. I, I hate this part, but I feel like I have to bring everything up. Joe didn't get the reps. Joe didn't have another offseason. It's really getting, I'm sure, annoying for Joe Burrow to not have those preseasons and training camp. I think we can look at Joe Burrow and say, look, sometimes he can be Superman, but it's really hard to miss out on your offseason. And it's it's really telling in the last two years. Um, he's starting out slow. It has taken him a little while. He's obviously, we don't know the percentage on the cap on how he's feeling. He said last week he has good days and he has bad days. 
Um, I think it was smart. If you watch that Monday night football game, when it comes to the playing field and it's wet out there, you don't want Joe to do too much. We know he can be pretty mobile. And I know you're able to kind of go back and, and watch the tape, but it just felt like he was off with his receivers. It, it wasn't the same old Joe and he really couldn't get a grip on the football. And that felt like the most important thing when it comes to, um, to, to what we saw from number nine. Yeah, a lot of opportunities for him, too. I think the way Schwartz plays defense, and for the wide receivers, but the way Schwartz plays defense, he's he's testing him. He's like saying, until you show me you're going to beat me, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to cheat over the top. I'm going to take away the underneath. Throw it deep. Beat my corners. And I think there are plays the Bengals wide receivers may have, but like you said, with Burrow gripping the football issue, he was very, very inaccurate. I just think there's so much, you know, previous experience to say this is a outlier this is a game that probably won't happen again at least this year and probably not for uh, i would say a couple years so it's interesting um but yeah i wonder how different the conversations are if burrow hits t on that slot fade and leads him rather than throws it short and lets delpit get back into the play and break it up and maybe that doesn't go for a touchdown but now you're in the goal line and you score one there and then he also hits t on that uh fake screen that he stepped up and then threw the ball and if he put it in t zip code it's a touchdown but he threw it out of bounds over his head so i wonder how different the conversation is in that because, I mean, that's such a big swing. We don't know how anything would go otherwise with that, and maybe they still lose the game. I'm not trying to say they'd win the game that way. I just think that there may be less conversations about the play calling, and it felt so much like we were back in the start of last year. You know, with everything, it was like the play calling, the targeted routes charts, everything started coming out, and, you know, the Frank Pollock fire him. It, fire Zach Taylor. Fire Zach Taylor. Don't let him play call, blah, blah, blah. I've never liked it. I do feel like sometimes the fan base, they love the players and they don't want to criticize the players so much. So they kind of move it, that criticism right at the coaching staff. And I think there's stuff that Taylor could have done better in that game. But so much of that came to that was one of, if not the worst performance of Joe Burrow's career. And they couldn't get anything going because of it. And the offensive line was lying pressure. So like, this is how you get the disaster scenario, right? The offensive line keeps lying quick pressure. The quarterback, and they're only running quick game. They ran one five-step drop. Other than that, it was all three-step drops or quick game. Um, the quarterback can't – he's the, the most inaccurate he has ever been. And he can't throw the ball in a guy's zip code right now. He can't put it anywhere near them, even though he's getting looks that he usually – feasts on the wide receivers they aren't having the best day against a really physical and talented cornerback group so all three of those things go wrong i mean like the only guy i pointed to in my mind of like that guy i i liked what he did on offense it was pretty much just joe mixon like, yeah because i don't even think the run blocking was great and i think that's why things like the success rate was so low and um you know when you're looking at a lot of advanced stats it didn't look that great some of that is he had a couple big runs and a lot of not great runs. But I think he made the most out of pretty much every opportunity. He looked shifty. He looked explosive. He looked you know, healthy. I think it's the big one. He looked powerful. He was able to stay on his feet through contact. There was a lot to like. I thought the vision was there. 
I was just like, this is what I kept hoping for and kind of saying, like, I think we might get this because I thought Mixon was hurt last year. A lot of last year, starting mm-hmm. week one, he left the game with an ankle injury. And this looked like pre-injury Mixon. This looked like uh, 2021 Mixon. If you can get that, even though he's a little older, then I think that's good for the, this is really good for this offense. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I, I want to get a little more on Joe Mixon. Um, you know, one of the things the Cincinnati Bengals did, and I honestly didn't have a problem with it because it gave me – I know we, we kind of give that comparison to this game being the week one of last year, but I got the Halloween vibes um, because it was so lopsided. And I, and I got to a point where it was close. They were down by 10 at halftime. And I'm like, I don't think they can win this football game. Even <laughs> being down 10 I- I literally said uh, when it happened, I went, oh, that's an insurmountable lead, <laughs> even though it's clearly not. But, you know, it's just like one of those feelings like I don't know if this offense can go down there and score a touchdown. Well, and it, it, it's I wouldn't say that against a lot of the teams they face, but I would say that against the Cleveland Browns. I just said mm, they're down by 10. There's really no way you have to get out front. You have to put points on the board first so you can control the game. Um, and, and they just weren't able to do that. And unfortunately, it was just a, it was a brutal game for Joe Burrow. And it's OK to point that out. Um, he's he's going to be fine. I do feel like he'll bounce back. We don't know if it's in week two, week three, uh, but it but it wasn't in week one. And uh, they decided to take Joe out of the game early. And I honestly didn't have a problem with it. It was about five minutes left on the clock. I thought the game was over. I think you need to be smart in those conditions. He's your franchise quarterback. Put him on the sideline. Did you have any thoughts on that? I just remember thinking, like, oh, it's a little early, but I, it's like actually trying to dissect it i was like no 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 it's fine because i'm looking at i believe trent williams best left tackle in the league got Mm -hmm. hurt in a game that was pretty well decided uh they sent cam hayward in that same game on the other side they sent cam hayward back out there when the team was you know not clearly going to lose but down pretty down three scores and that is what you're looking at if not saying that would have happened if you sent Burrow back out there, but I'm saying that, you know, like that's the concern. That you send Burrow back out there, you try to really claw out of this very slim chance that you could make this a game, and then he gets hurt. And he had a calf strain. And yeah. we, I think, downplayed a, a little bit. I know I did. I did, <laughs> I 100%. Like, yeah, I, was, I thought, like, hey, it's a calf strain. You know, he's dealt with these before, but I think that's a big reason why, too, is just I, – I, he is saying, I have good days and bad days, et cetera, et cetera. So it's lingering a tiny bit. That's not an excuse for how he played, but it's an excuse for why you would pull him early. 
you know, like why leave a guy that has, you know, something that's hampering him, even if it's just 5%. And it's just like something that's just like, I can still feel it, you know, like even if it's not terrible, I can still feel it. Why send him back out there in a game that's decided? So I was fine with it. I had no issues. Uh, I don't know if you you saw this on tape, and, and honestly, we'll get a bigger picture because um, you know Zach Taylor felt pretty confident. They got out of that game pretty healthy, um, and you take that right now. If you're gonna lose and, and you're gonna lose the game, you, you're like, hey, I'll take health every day of the week. Um, and one of the things I think a lot of people were pointing out, and maybe we're making too much of this, and we'll really find out Wednesday because if a player has to get treatment, they will be listed, or that will be listed on the injury report on Wednesday after practice. But some people said that um, it looked like he was was like a thumb issue for Joe Burrow when you're watching the broadcast, and we had to talk about getting a grip of the ball. I know the ball was really wet. Did you see anything that would make you think when you were watching the rewatch of the game? I mean, he he got hit on the first play of the game in the hand. That's as much as I know. <laughs> I, I we both don't like doing the like try to diagnose a player, the player's injury. So I got I got a few of those questions. Like, did you see anything about his thumb? I was like, he got hit. I guess like I, yeah. I didn't see anything that was. I didn't see somebody grab his thumb and pull it. I, it's, I, you probably know more than me. <laughs> like, I don't focus on that thing. I don't try to go back. There's you know there's some people that I think go through tape and stuff is to find you know like i want to see the injury and see if it looked bad that mm-hmm. happens quite a bit with like can you show the play that this guy got hurt on and then i will say i still like those people more than i like the people that are like look at all these holds i found or look yeah, you're you know, right. like, you're right. like, penalties i'm like ah, look man don't make the rest a part of it so far they've been okay the officials i'm not gonna lie um, it hasn't they been too crazy. were not the reason the Bengals lost. No, no, no. And I'll be completely honest with you. Believe me, I, I can't stand officiating the NFL. And the biggest, and I don't even get into that. But I'm just saying, I don't think it, they've been that bad after one week of football. It's been okay. Um, but but overall, yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. We'll see Wednesday when the Bengals have their practice. Um, they'll have their injury report. And like I said, if Joe had to get any treatment for anything, it'll be on there. I expect him to still be on there for the calf strain um, and just something that they're going to have to monitor. I, I hope it's something that, you know, and we heard about it all offseason during training camp. It's something that could linger and he could be dealing with it all season. You hope it's something that, you know, it, it's I'm sure it's it's in your head, too, while you're out there playing and, and, and dealing with it when you have good days and bad days. But we just hope Joe is healthy. Um, that's that's the biggest thing. But uh, we'll find out more when they hit the practice field on Wednesday as we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Let's get to the run game. You already talked about Joe Mixon, and that was the positive on the offensive side. People, after the game, we talk about calling out Zach Taylor, calling this offense out. Why didn't you run the ball, Zach Taylor? Tell me why they didn't run the ball. Well, I think like, so this is one thing that I think they can improve in this is on the very, very small chance that your quarterback can't do anything. Maybe it's weather related. Maybe it's injury related. Maybe it's whatever. I do think this offense needs to figure out like, okay, like how can we win this game still? Because you can't just go throw the hands up and go, well, that's it. Because imagine this game is like the AFC championship game and you just can't figure out how to run an offense because your quarterback can't grip the ball or whatever's going on, like, ah, man, that would really stink. You get blown in the game like that. So I'm kind of with them a little bit on, like, the maybe they should have tried to lean a little bit more into the run game. But the run game wasn't – it wasn't consistent enough uh, for them to really lean on it. 
I think that's the issue is that their early down runs, there was a 12-yarder and a 22-yarder, and almost everything else was three yards and less. And that's not a way to make a living in the NFL. You could think like, wow, three yards, four yards, three yards, that's a first down every time. That is not how it was not consistently three yards either. It was like zero, three, one, two. And now you're just you're letting the pass rusher tee off a little bit because they know you're going to throw in at least third and long, and you're probably throwing in second and long. So run game has to be a little bit more consistent there, even though Mixon was averaging, I think, five yards a carry at halftime. Mm-hmm. After half is the Browns kind of tightened it up a little bit and really limited those early down runs. I think that they could have used some different concepts and gone at them a little bit differently too. Main thing I just keep thinking of is this team throws the ball so much, right? Like they, they throw the ball all the time. They have one of the best quarterbacks. And what is the, like, in my mind, the first thing I think of, like, what should you do when you throw the ball a lot as one of your change-ups? The draw, halfback draw, fake the pass and hand it off. I don't think they ran that a single time. And Schwartz also plays these wide fronts where these guys are pinning their ears back. They're trying to penetrate. They're trying to get upfield. Let them get upfield, then hand it off and let Mixon go. You couldn't run quarterback draw in this game. I mean, calf strain, everything. You don't want Burrow taking hits like that or even trying to exert a lot of force quickly onto his lower legs. But, man, I kept thinking, like, I don't know if it would have worked that well, but halfback draw here would feel nice. And they also didn't get to any trap or wham play until Jake Browning was in. And I was like, man, usually a team tries this, like, first quarter against the Jim Schwartz defense just because of the angles. Like, you got that wide three tech. You don't really have to push him out very far. You just kind of get up to him and hold that block, and you've got a lane. They didn't really try it very often. They also ran uh, dart one time, and it was a good run from Chris Evans. It's a five-man run play, so you don't need a tight end. You don't need a fullback. And you just bring that tackle. It works out like power, but you bring the tackle around and through the hole, and they brought Orlando Brown through. worked great. Never went back to it. And I was just like, yeah. why is this? I know there's so much that happens in a game for a head coach. It's like the bullets are flying. Everything's going wrong, too. So – I think that could be the issue, but this was one of the plays on their scripted plays, their first 15, and I just couldn't uh, – he needs an assistant to just go like, hey, what about that play that worked in the first 15? Why don't we get back to that? Why don't we try that again? Or just something like that and maybe script in a few more draws early on and just – because they're good body blows too to get a feel for how the defense is going to play you. You're on a draw and the coverage is going to show what the coverage is going to do. So like – okay, so, you know, like they're playing a lot of single high in this game, and I don't have to take a hit on this. I'm just going to hand it off and let my running back go, but it's a way to see how the defense plays you because a lot of defenses don't play what they normally do against the Bengals. They kind of change it up, although Schwartz played what he always does, and it worked out really well for him. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
is it i know it's one game so it's a sample size and it's easy to say overreaction when it comes to week one um but with this offense does it feel pretty and and again i'm they're limiting joe burrow a little bit in that game so it's a really small sample size but does it feel kind of boring where it shouldn't be i mean in that game yeah I mean, it's also exciting, but they I should mean, have like some creativity. There should be something new. What do you spend your off season doing? And it just felt like pretty predictable. Yeah. Well, to me, I think that some of that's limited because they didn't trust. They treated this game like it was a mismatch offensive line to defensive line. They didn't take big drops. They didn't take, they pretty much ran quick game and they ran three-step drops and if you're thinking in your mind, like how can we, cause we have to push the ball down the field at some point because otherwise they're going to key in underneath like they were kind of doing. So how can you do that if you don't have time for a guy to go 12 yards and then cut inside? Straight line. That's a, you know, like a straight line is the fastest way to get there. So they're throwing those go balls a lot. I think people got upset about that. If it was slot fade, similar, still a straight line. You're not trying to make any cuts. They just – it felt like they didn't think, and rightfully so, with the under two seconds for an average pressure – from the Browns that this offensive line could hold up to run any deeper developing concepts. I think maybe there's some stuff you could have got to, maybe you get into that look that they got into a few times that they get into once in a while, I should say, where it's empty, but they leave a running back in a tight end basically attached to the offensive line. And that guy's job is pretty much just hold up that end, just hold up the end and then whatever you did, like leak out to the flat eventually, or just become a check down option. And then you've got your three guys that are running routes down the field and they're, you know, like good players. And now you can actually have them cut and make these moves and run these routes that you get excited about. What I think really was missing. I talked about the draw play to try to keep them a little honest, just finding ways to get that defensive line to slow down. Um, and then to go with that, I had all these thoughts on how are the Bengals going to really stress defenses. I thought there'd be more play action out of the shotgun. They ran an RPO on the first play. It got destroyed because Irv Smith missed the block on, I believe it was Zadarius Smith, who gets a hit on Burrow as he throws it. And not a great way to start your season. Um, but, yeah, it, it felt a lot like – it felt like when they fell behind and everything was going wrong and nothing they wanted to do was going to work, I think the looks they had were good. I think the looks they had were fine. And I wonder if we are even having anything like this conversation, if they just connect on some of those deep balls rather yeah. than just out of reach or, you know, the cornerback wins at the catch point, which isn't common against this wide receiver group, or if they're just more accurate throws on some of those more open ones that we're even having this conversation because it comes up every time this offense slows down a little bit. This is the way Burrow likes to play. It's it's not – he doesn't want to do the San Francisco 49ers offense. He doesn't want to do that old McVay offense. I, I think that a little bit of it is – attacking the middle of the field and doing all of that motion and everything else. He likes it kind of like Peyton Manning did where it's static pre-snap and he can look at the coverage and how guys are playing. Manning used to just see like have a guy like a slot corner. It's like, I know that guy can't disguise for anything. So I'm going to see him know what I'm going to get. Um, I don't know if Burrow's doing the same thing, but it feels like he likes that static that, keeping everything no motion and spread out so he can really use his awesome vision and see the field openings and work that way. Um, 
But yeah, I think that there is a little bit missing here. And it, to me, it's a way to combine your shotgun run game with your play action game where I, the RPOs are fine. They're just not big play hitters. Um, and they obviously didn't work in that game. But I want to see some real play action, sell it, maybe even use some extra guys to look like they're blocking tight end or maybe two tight end sets to do this and just really sell the run action so that T Higgins and Jamar Chase are working down the field one-on-one against guys, because I trust them to win that and not just go balls, but also plays where they're going to break and move and, you know, try to get open and beat leverage. So yeah, I, I think you are right that there could be a little bit more added in, but I think, taking the idea of just going like, why can't they just do what Mike McDaniel does is that is a good a point. Too, That's out there. A it's a little too simple of an idea. Just like, why can't they just completely change the offense to something that Burrow hasn't really liked doing? And it's like, well, the quarterback doesn't like doing that. And they've had a top five offense two years in a row. I'm not overly concerned about that. I think the playoff offense hasn't been perfect, but I think the playoff offense is just you know they faced a lot of good teams and i also think the playoff offense has dealt with a lot of offensive line issues akeem and energy has started every playoff game of joe burrow's career and he did not start every regular season game of joe burrow's career yeah that's absolutely wild to think about uh but yeah i mean we'll, we'll see what they look like against the baltimore ravens we'll get to more of that on thursday po- podcast but i do i will add this before we get kind of to the bigger picture of the afc side of it too um there is a rumor that joe burrow got his haircut so maybe the haircut oh. will change things maybe he's like you know what we got we got the haircut we'll see we'll see tomorrow when he has his wednesday press conference um to see if he's like maybe this will this will help our offense a little bit at least we're no longer looking at the haircut as like, ah, that means he has more money. So he signed his extension. <laughs> oh my good. Could you imagine if we were still doing that? Yeah. I'm glad that part is over. Uh, but yeah, let's get to the AFC side. I think the overall picture, the biggest thing you can really learn from week one, I think uh, Kyle Brandt over on NFL network said it week one is a liar. You, you watched that Monday Night Football game last night, and you listen to all the national shows today. Now, of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the headline, but the overall thing is, Josh Allen, are the Bills going to be bad this year? You know, this is this, this is what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. Are they going to be okay? They're 0-1. Will they get the number one seed? The Cincinnati Bengals, they're terrible. They sh- they're going to pick number one. And, and look, we don't know what's going to happen this season, but overall, it just seems like the overreaction out there is a little wild right now after week one. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs are all starting the season with the same record. Yeah, uh, the three biggest contenders, 0-1. Um, then you even look at the Jags were in a real game with the Colts, and they're probably the favorite for the AFC South. Uh, the Chargers lost. Obviously, the, somebody had to win that game. The Dolphins won. So when you start looking at some of the wildcard teams that can make maybe jump up, make that push, some of them weren't really playing all that well throughout a lot of that game. I think Chargers, Dolphins, both teams, uh, both offenses were playing great. Um, mm-hmm. Defenses, not so much. I don't know if everybody else watched this. But the most insane thing I ever saw was not ever, but probably the most insane thing I'll see this year was JC Jackson. Uh yeah. defensive pass interference with no time left on a ball thrown to like the 20. I was like, dude, let him catch it. Like, who cares? <laughs> Just tackle him after. Push him after. Push him after he catches the ball. I was like, oh my God. 
free three points. They lost by two. Yeah, that game was actually after watching the one o'clock games, I really enjoyed the Dolphins Chargers game. If you like offense, yeah, that was a that was a good one. I liked that. Uh, but overall, I think look, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. You look at the New York Jets and absolutely crazy to see Aaron Rodgers go down with just uh, maybe three snaps out there for the New York Jets. A huge game. One of the AFC contenders. And look, their defense is legit. And they showed it on Monday Night Football. Uh, but to be determined on what their quarterback room looks like. Right now, they're rolling with Zach Wilson. So I think everybody just like, they have to remember there are 16 regular season games left. Anything could happen in any game. Health is extremely important. Um, winning your division is extremely important, but but we have to calm down of what you see in that first game, um, you know, especially kind of just going back to the Bengals offense when they're not getting reps together. I, I do think that's important. I know a lot of people will say, well, Joe Burrow should be really familiar with his wide receivers. Uh, why does he need those extra reps? It's, it's important. That stuff is still a big deal. And that was one of the things that he said in his press conference right before he had the calf strain is he was looking forward to getting every rep possible in training camp. And uh, that's a big deal for a quarterback. So, um, you know, overall in the AFC picture, how you feeling? Fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Browns are contenders. Uh, so, and then you lost it head to head. I will say the one thing with, you know, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals all losing games. Chiefs are the ones that lost the game out of conference. That was like the one they could lose. So now you're in a situation where you're basically a half game back of the Chiefs, even if you're tied with the Bills. Um, so that is unfortunate. But overall, I feel fine. I mean, you get to play against the Bills. You get to play against the Chiefs. You get to play against the Jaguars. Uh, there's, you know, you don't get to play against some of the other teams, but you get to play against the Ravens. You get to play against the Browns again. You get to control your own you know, season in the division for the most part. And I think you're fine. I, does this hurt to me in the AFC? This game, it's one game. You're not hurt too much. Nobody's going 17 to 0. What this hurt to me was the idea. I think everybody was getting a little hyped up. I'm like, ooh, could you borrow an MVP? Whew, you have a stat line like That's this. Okay. It could, it, I'm not saying it's gone, but I do think that. I don't know. It's hard to come back from that. You, know, you basically lose a game of stats, right? No touchdowns, yeah. 80-something yards. No interceptions. Like, no interceptions. So, you know, it's not a complete disaster. I wish you would have had some. It would make it feel a little better. I don't get that. No, no I just I just said, like, I don't know. I just We won't go back to it. I think that's one of the games that, look, they went back on Monday. They watched the tape. They threw it in the trash, and then they go to the Baltimore Ravens, where it doesn't get easier. It really doesn't. And you don't want to go in an own two hole. This is what I don't like to hear right now. And I think it's out there in the social media world. Well, the Bengals started 0-1 last year. Well, the Bengals started 0-2 last year. It's a little different when your senior division rivals in back-to-back -back weeks. Um, you don't want to do that. You don't want to put yourself in there. And, and you're playing at home. You're playing at home for the next two weeks. You have to take advantage of that. And it's just extremely important. I think, I think what we really learned from week one and what we should learn over the last couple of seasons Look, I know it's really exciting to think about number one seed, um, go to the AFC championship game, go to the Super Bowl, all of that stuff. You got to take it one week at a time in the NFL because you just do not know what's going to happen. Um, it's just one game, keep your health and try to win a really tough division, even though the division in the AFC North looked pretty sloppy after one week. Um, it's not telling of what what could happen the rest of the football season. We'll, we'll see what happens. And 
right now you got to dig yourself out of being 0-1 and you, and you get that opportunity against another AFC North team at home on Sunday. You do. And I think it's also probably a game that they have watched back a lot. The, the A team that they have watched back a lot, their games against them because they kind of struggled against the Ravens defense. Okay. So it's almost the opposite of Jim Schwartz where Jim Schwartz, he wanted that ball out to come out quick. He wanted to pressure guys. And his disguise was moving from single high to two high or, you know, playing a lot of single high. And then the changeup was too high. Whereas McDonald, his fastball's too high, and he's going to change up to single high from a too high look. And I think to him, he wants to be able to hold that ball an extra half second or so so that his pass rush can get home. They don't have the guys that the Browns have. So you got to win another way. Be interesting. Be interesting. I, I think this is a game that they could make a statement like that first week. It was just weather. It was just weather. And we are good. You know, like this offense is still dominant. This stop, you know, this team is still great. We're still a Super Bowl level team. Or do you come out there and it just looks like, man, is that another defense that just has the Bengals number in their division? Because that's what you're not hoping for. No. And even if you win those games, they turn into like, no, we're the better team. We should win this game by more than this. I think if I was, you know, the coach, I would look at the Mike McDonald games and I would be like, look, I never want to get into a situation where we are in a tight battle with Snoop Huntley for a play in a playoff game ever again. Like I want to figure out this defense. If I'm Burrow, I'm saying the same thing. I want to figure this defense out and how we can exploit it rather than, you know, trying to rely on the defense getting well they got a touchdown the one game but you know the defense kind of like doing the heavy lifting yeah we'll get more to the preview and uh, your twitter questions on thursday show looking ahead for the cincinnati Bengals and the baltimore ravens matchup at paycor stadium the home opener on sunday kickoff 1 p.m what do you have up on uh, all Bengals? right now it's just um my quick thoughts off of the first game of the year we didn't even talk about it special teams was atrocious missed field goal missed snap Bad punts, bad return that only got to the 15-yard line, bad field position, possession for almost the entire game, but especially early on. Um, so you can go read all of those. I think there's five of them. Um, and I'm hoping to get an article out on the game soon. I'm hoping maybe it's out when the people are listening, but it's just tough because, uh, like I said, top of the podcast, traveling for work, and then, you know, I have to do, do a podcast and then – I haven't written it because I've had to travel, so I'd have to start at about 8 p.m. on Tuesday and get it out to you guys by like 7 a.m. on Wednesday. So not a lot of time to get it written out, but I think I'll I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get one out there. So you know, be patient with me if I don't. If I don't get this out, there'll be a preview on the Ravens instead on Friday. And I used to like to get both, but it just. Oof. That becomes a grind when you work because you know a lot of us we all work real real jobs real jobs in the during the day some people i think think that you know like this is all i all i do man i wish i wish this was all i did yeah i'm like uh no 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 i work eight eight to four every day then we do the the sports stuff so um so yeah no make sure you go check it out all bangles and follow along bangles underscore sand you can follow me at lnds patterson thank you for listening to it's always game day in cincinnati